Welcome to the Roundtable. My name is Chuck. I'm your host. I'm with Triumph Entertainment. And this afternoon, I have two gentlemen joining me that I've known for a long time, not as long as you may think, but long enough that uh, we have some stories that we are definitely going to tell you today. They have some projects that are in the works right now uh, that we unfortunately can't play for you, but I had the opportunity and the pleasure of hearing. And let me tell you right now, it was a treat. And the things that they're working on is unbelievable. Uh, the musicianship and the musicians that are involved, which we'll get into in a second, is totally amazing. So off to my right, uh, I have Todd. Todd, introduce yourself. Sure. Hey, everybody. Todd Tannhauser here. Um, good to be part of the roundtable. I've known Chuck, oh my God, how long, Chuck? It's at least... 15 years, probably. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something Easily. like that. Chuck and I go way back. Uh, Chuck, I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, Chuck's one of the only people that I know in the business that actually delivers. When he says he's going to do something, he delivers every time. And that's what, you know, what keeps me uh, coming back to Chuck for help anytime I need any promotion or anything like that. I but, appreciate that. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, it's great to be here, Chuck. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you so much. And off to my left, I have uh, I'm Mark McNally. And uh, thanks for having me here as well. Now, you two, uh, Double Trouble, uh, you, you've <laughs> known each other for how long? Well, yeah, it's uh, longer. I mean, Mark, my God, Mark and I have been working together since uh, about 2007, I guess. So, you know, we're getting getting a little older here um, as years go on. But, yeah, Mark and I, um, I think our paths originally crossed probably around 2007, 2000, you know, around that time period. And um, we worked together in, in, in a couple different projects and actually did a little bit of regional touring and uh, went down to Nashville and uh, Midwest, Wisconsin, Chicago, Chicago. and all over, um, you know, and, and, and just, uh, you know, Mark's one of those people, too, that, you know, I've worked with a lot of people in my career. And, um, you know, Mark is, you know, just the voice of a voice of an angel and, uh, you know, He's great, to, great person to spend time with. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been spending, you know, all these years with him and stuff. So it's it's a it's great a true story. With. You guys do spend a lot of time together when you're uh, doing projects, especially the, the project you're working on. And we'll get that in a second. But for anybody who don't know who you are, that are uh, listeners that continue to tune in, thank you by the way for continuing to support Roundtable Live and Local. Uh, Mark, what is uh, what is your station in the band? I'm the lead singer. Uh, I sing. I do, do a lot of the writing. So you carry the heavy uh, instrument. Well, the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> a, a tablet, a piece of paper. That's yeah. the lead singer story, gentlemen, and that's what they stick to. And when they leave, they tear down, and they tear down the same way they came in. <laughs> Todd, on the other hand, is know. the guy that handles the big instrument. Todd, when does me you play? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a drummer. Um, I dabble in some other things, but uh, primarily, I mean, in, in uh, the cover band uh, Escape that Mark and I have played in for years, I play drums and a little bit of backup vocals. Speaking about Escape, uh, the type of music that you guys play in that band, um, describe that. Yeah, I mean. Sticks, Dirty, Triumph. Asia. Yeah. The hits. Bon Jovi, yeah. Boston. All that I, iconic stuff, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's not hair, it's not, um, hair band iconic. It's different. It's uh, keyboard, no. keyboard driven, um, iconic, you know, um, top shelf musicianship type stuff, um, harmonies, uh, that, that sort of stuff, stuff we all grew up on, you know, and, uh, all those big songs that everybody knows, Boston. And, and, uh, Mark, do you feel like that, um, 
that type of music that you hear on uh, like 96.7, the classic rock as, as I mean, classic rock can be contained as something that came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Be classic. I, music. I listen to a variety of different music. Uh, particularly, I always stick to my roots, uh, which are, you know, growing up with Dokken and, and bands that, uh, you know, that have the clean vocal sound, you know, that are that high range vocal stuff. Um, that's kind of where my training is. And that's what I like to stick to um, because it's a comfort zone for me. I, I got out of my com- comfort zone a little bit on this newer stuff in this album, but uh, it's different. It took me to a different place, but I try to revert back to where I'm at always. Who are some of your influences? Oh, I I, uh, I, I like Paul Rogers uh, from Bad Company. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I even like the second singer of Bad Company, Brian Howe, one of my favorites of all time. Um, obviously, the Big Guns Triumph and, uh, you know, the uh, all the singers, Boston. I mean, I, I love them all. You it know, it shows mean, in your voice. So I mean, many of them and, and it's, again, listening to the new stuff that you just you guys are bringing out, it, it shows. Uh, I even Steve inadvertently, Perry. yeah, even inadvertently said, I said that sounds like Kansas. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just the, the the power of your vocals and the driving of the songs are incredible. Thanks. And I honestly, I'm excited about the new album because the fact is, I just heard three intimidating songs i mean it's stuff that you aren't hearing on the radio today that was the thing of driving forces of radio stations now i know you kids aren't familiar with radio stations radio stations are the things (laughs) that used to be popular before all this technology took over and you only had one company we actually had radio stations where we'd have to go and promote your album and with this being said what is the name of the new project yeah so um we threw we spent some time on uh, writing songs back in September. Uh, we started recording, but in the summer when we were first writing, we threw together a couple of different ideas for uh, project names. And the project name that we chose was AD 2020 um, with the idea that this was going to be a one-off uh, project that we were going to do with uh, various members of uh, the music community that we were able to pull into the project. And, um, we just thought AD 2020 was a you know a fitting name. So name off some heavy hitters on this one. Ah, uh, um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, um, first off, um, gentleman who we could not have done this without, um, who's been help helped us write the songs, um, who has been uh, a mentor, who's produced the album with us is Dan Reed uh, from Dan Reed Network. Um, and we also have on um, bass, uh, we actually have two different gentlemen that played bass on the tracks. Um, primary bass player is Greg Smith, and Greg Smith has played pretty much with everyone. I mean, he's the current uh, touring bass player for Ted Nugent, but he's worked with Billy Joel. He's worked with Alice Cooper. Uh, you, His list of artists that he's worked with is about you know 40 lines long. And what's really cool is he's worked with us now, you know, and he's, 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 uh, helped us promote and he's just into doing the project. Um, the other bass player who appears on a couple of the tracks, um, is, uh, a friend of mine for, you know, close to 30 years. And he's actually a member of Dan Reed's band, Dan Reed network, uh, Melvin Brannon. And, uh, Melvin is just 
you know, one of the best bass players on the planet. Um, he's, he's a funky bass player, um, credible musician. And so it was an honor to, to get a, a message from Melvin that he'd heard some of the tracks and he wanted to play on a song or two. Um, guitar wise, um, we have one person, um, that we brought on board to help us again, um, play all the guitar parts. Um, also again, I consider him a mentor, you know, he's just really been helpful on so many levels, um, helping us put the project together. He's been helpful, uh, guiding us, uh, giving us advice on the business even. And, uh, that is, uh, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. And, uh, Ron has played with everyone from Guns N' Roses to Lita Ford to everyone. And, um, the great thing about Ron is no matter who you talk to, everyone says he's the nicest guy. And he is, he's just a, he's just a, you know, he's a sweetheart. Uh, we're really fortunate to be able to have him on the album. Um, the last person, I believe I got everybody, um, that we have is, um, Derek Sherinian from dream theater. Um, Derek plays keyboards on three of the tracks on the album. And, um, I had met Derek about a year or so ago, and um, he also works with with uh, Ron Bumblefoot in Sons of Apollo, and so there's a connection there. So, yeah, we were really fortunate to be able to bring in some real real heavy hitters. Um, it's to me, it's been a dream, you know, being able to do this. And Mark, how challenging was this to take you out of the element of the stuff that you had been? basically used to and then uh thrown into saying okay not only am i going to work in a pandemic and record stuff on my own without having these guys in the same room because basically we're talking everybody was in a different state different time zone and and recorded all at the same time but then to say okay i'm going to do this but challenge myself because now i'm 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 going to try to do something different yeah, it, it could have been the, the key of the song. Like, for example, the first song that came out, it, it could be in a different key, something I'm not familiar with singing in. And so it challenged my my range a little bit, uh, working through through those those key changes. Um, but uh, it, as far as not inter, interacting with the people face-to-face, so to speak, I thought, well, I'm going to have to upgrade my technology, okay? I mean, what I had at home. Uh, going for myself. Uh, I mean, within a very short time, I had a new computer. I had to buy. I, I bought a new computer. I bought recording gear. I mean, I was ready to go, and because because I was excited, uh, I had something new to work on, something refreshing, something original. I couldn't wait, and uh, but I had to prepare myself. So I went into a training course of my own just to teach myself how to do all this stuff and to go online and so forth and learn how people are doing things nowadays. So I am old school. I like to get together in band room, rehearse live, crank it up loud, you know, do what we do. But this was a whole different environment. And it actually, it set me up for the future as well. It set me, it set me up for my future, learning how to do what I do. I was going to say, how much of this album was a learning experience as much as a project? Oh, yeah, both. Yeah, no, it was, it was both because, you know, Mark has done a, a couple different albums with different projects over the years. And I've done some recording for different artists and, and that sort of thing over the years. But um, this was different because, yeah, you're right. I mean, this album was actually recorded on two different continents. So we also had time changes and, and all that kind of stuff to deal with, with people just being available at different times. There was time uh, challenges there. 
but it was also recorded in uh, three different states, you know. And so, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we had to um, find someone who was really computer literate, um, who really knew Pro Tools inside and out, and who could really keep all the files and that sort of stuff organized. And that was key to um, putting all this together. Uh, Ron D. Silvestro, um, our engineer, um, did a fantastic job of that, keeping track of all the different versions, all the different takes, um, mixing everything down to the final uh, tracks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was definitely um, interesting um, for me having to go and and we had really rough demos to work with. Um, I went in and tracked my drum parts um, in September. And a lot of it was just, okay, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to play a drum fill here and I'm going to set that up so a guitar player or a bass player could um, accent it. And, you know, we did some talking. There were some conversations that took place uh, prior, but everybody was busy. Everybody, even though it was yeah. pandemic, pandemic, everybody was busy. Dan um, is working on a film that's going to be out soon, and he was heavily involved with that. Uh, Bumblefoot, you know, is always busy. Greg Smith, he was busy. I mean, it, so... A lot of it, we, we grabbed time together with everybody as we could, um, tried to talk through everything and kind of have a game plan when we went into the studio. But some of it we threw out the window too, because we, you know, when you get in the studio and you start playing, sometimes things will uh, come up and you, you deal with it then and there on the spot. And Yeah, what I, re what I remember the beginning of it is um, I started keeping a tablet and I started writing down, okay, what, how are we going to communicate? What are we going to do? Okay, so it became like FaceTime. It became a lot of email. Okay, email. I was looking for it every day, so I kept the file separate. I have computer skills, uh, thank goodness, because I never get through it without at least a little bit. So I had enough to get me get me through saving files and uh, uh, condensing files uh, that I could actually forward overseas. So I would sing a vocal track and send it over to Dan and have him check it out and say, hey, I like that. You know, I like where you're going with this. So in the create in, in the creative process, that is, we could bounce files back and forth, uh, crushing them down, and uh, and, and that, that's interesting when you're trying to send a large WAV file across the internet. It doesn't work very well. Most people are going to get a denial right away. You got to know how to crunch them down. But uh, a lot of emails. Uh, I kept files. I kept my emails, and and going looking back, I have still have them all. It's a lot of data. There's a lot of information. It's amazing the work that went into this, just from the lyric standpoint, just getting the right words put together to create the melody and to and the melodies, the melodics, everything, the music, uh, and then we started getting pieces and parts of, of stuff as it come together and blended together. As as Todd said, uh, Ron, you know, he's the pro engineer. I mean, that guy can, can take all the stuff and, and and make it all work for us. But uh, but it, it all began with files and and uh, FaceTiming. We would have meetings with the on the phone, uh, FaceTime. We could talk to each other, see each other on a big screen however you want to look at it you know on the, look at each yeah. other on the on the screen and uh, that was nice people could communicate it was almost as if we were in the same room together now do you feel like that this is bringing um up a point where we had originally before the show started we talked about technology um phones and hands nine times out of ten when you see kids when i talk about kids it's anybody younger 10 years younger than all of us uh having a phone in their hand um, do you think that technology takes away from them wanting to buy an album or listening to new music 
without having something of other content to go to. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when they took a lot of the music programs out of school. And it was a big thing, you know, it was funding and, and they really took the arts out and they took a lot of music programs out of school. And, you know, I'm a product of, of public school. I'm a product of the public music programs and, and things like that. I took, you know, I took lessons and studied with people and things like that over the years. But that's where I got my initial training, um, you know, and, and a lot of schools, you know, that has been cut. And um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm holding the phone in my hand and, you know, a lot of a lot of kids and, you know, this is what they know. This is everything that they know their whole entire life. And, but would you say? And you said it right there, your whole entire life. Would you say as a 16-year-old kid holding that phone, that's your entire life? Oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. 55, would you consider that your whole entire life? No, no, no. And absolutely, oh, you know, yeah. it's – I'm looking forward to the day that I can kind of drop this thing. See, you know? and that's – and what we were talking about before, <laughs> one of the songs on the album is about technology. Yeah. And it brings forth the things that we have to create to, to a society – Let's again, I need Facebook because Facebook is a driver. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm reminding everybody that's on Facebook. Facebook is fake, people. It's not real. My profile is the way I look because Christine's got my photo. <laughs> not because I took that photo. I don't look that good in person. Trust me on that. And every every singer that thinks he can sing when Christine takes your photo you're caught in that moment of time because she makes you look like you can sing. Not that you can sing <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that it did take a lot of technology to bring this album together. And the fact that, I guess the point is, is can you see the new version of how recording an album with musicians that you have an opportunity to work with, but not even be in the same room with yeah. anymore can change your life. And it's coming. I mean, it's coming. I mean, yeah. one of the big things too is, um, and I, I don't remember the plugin, but you know, I mean, there's plugins now that, you know, you can have um, an engineer remotely actually controlling the recording process while it's going, going down live Um across the internet the whole latency issue all of that has been resolved and uh you know using some of the new computer plugins are able to do that so yeah i mean it's, it's cool from that i still think you know what you miss to a degree you miss this camaraderie what, what we have here at the yeah. table you yeah. know you miss that you miss that um you know and that. for everybody at home what kind of table is this this is an actual it is round it is yeah it is um I'm, I'm waiting for uh, Sir Galahad to take the other table. People other say, chair. so is it a real round table? And it, it's been mentioned on a couple of other podcasts, but yes, this is a real round table. I, I, I admire the stuff that uh, you have done in the past. We became friends because of the things that we had in common, and that was music. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't become good friends because of music but we became good friends because uh we were honest with each other we were always yeah. i'm going to tell you this and it were there was always something to back it up afterward oh yeah and that's how the friendship became what it is today i became friends with mark because of your friendship yeah. uh again people the six degrees or seven degrees of separation of kevin bacon doesn't happen without having as todd would put it a thin thread and that's a good analogy. Actually, that's a great analogy because most of the people that you come in contact in your life these days 
are all because of thin threads. Yeah. But you can't begin to, to knit a sweater without having a thin thread. And now throughout our lives, I've known Mark now for four years and I know his talent and I know what's behind this album. When Todd says, I need you to listen to this. He's not asking me because I need it. He's asking me because he knows it's good. And he knows that I would enjoy good music. And I'm telling you when this album comes out and it's going to come out shortly, um, it's going to turn some heads because there's one song that I heard that was like almost like an intro to the, to the album. But the last two, after I heard that, it was kind of like dream theater grass. It's a, it's a movement. It's, it's, it's something where we're desperately needing new music as much as we're needing new musicians. I don't, and I had this conversation time and time again, but young musicians don't get an opportunity to grow up in schools where they have music as an outlet. When I was in school and when you were in school, we could choose music as a career. Yeah. They aren't given that opportunity now to choose it as a career. There's no workshop. There's no Bo Tech. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, it falls back on you two and myself for people who come up to you at shows that are 26 and 27 saying, how did you get your start? At 26, I hate to tell everybody, but you're kind of old in the business yeah, if you're 26 yeah. because you really need to start when you're 14, 15 years old yeah. in your basement with your friends. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of technology, that's what they hold in their hand. Yeah. They're not holding instruments in their hands. They're holding phones or laptops or something else. My son included. I built him um, a studio in his closet. And um, he's got a beat pad. He doesn't even hold an instrument. Yeah. But yeah. he's doing music which I think is still creative, but your take on your take on music. Um, give me a brief synopsis of what you think the future should hold. I still think it needs to go back to the old school roots of getting together and actually, but I think, I think fine tuning something at a lower volume is more productive. Then once that fine tuning is in place and the vault, you know, at a lower volume, for example, in the home studio, something like that, creating a demo or something mm -hmm. of that nature can, can start the process. Because if you get in just like a band room, when I remember back in school, um, I played the timpanis and I was in the band, I played the timpanis and the tri-toms. And I remember it just being chaos. Everyone was tooting their horns and slamming the drums and slamming the bells and the cymbals. And it, it was just chaos. It was amazing that we could even create music together. And it's the same in a band room when you're with five guys, six guys, whatever, three, four, whatever piece band you have. Um, if you're trying to create and it's loud and it's uh, it, it may not come out very good. I mean, chaotic is a word. Chaotic <laughs> is the word. Yes. But but creating it at a lower level, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, fine tuning the pitch, so to speak, and the, and the right elements of, of sound then bring it together boost the volume up together play it together to make sure we can actually do it and that's where the live part comes in if you're going to tour it or play it you know you have to be exercised to the point where you're uh, able to do something like that but but as far as the creating is concerned i like the modern modern day take on it um yeah i mean it i do too i mean just i mean i do dabble in keyboards a bit and and so i have a background to that and i remember you know back in the day um having all these 
different keyboards and different tone generators and they're all MIDI together. And I would do, you know, write a tune and it might have 14 different parts to it. And it was all stuff that, that you know, I did way back then. Um, so yeah, I, I like the modern recording uh, studio. I mean, just being able to go in there and have unlimited tracks that you can use. I mean, I can't even imagine how many tracks. I mean, it was it was crazy. Like when we would get guitar parts uh, shipped to us from uh, Bumblefoot, um, you know, we, we might have gotten uh, seven or eight uh, guitar individual tracks that made up his parts that he played on that song. And, uh, you know, so it was eight tracks of guitar maybe. And, you know, same thing with uh, bass. We might have, you know, two or three tracks there. I have no idea because I never, I wasn't involved with mixing individual instruments and stuff uh, on the drum level, only in the final stages. But, um, you know, again, the drums, I think that was like 14 tracks of drum, you know, drums alone. Um, you, know, you start multiplying it out. I mean, in harmonies, you got yeah, harmonies yeah. Lay out your harmonies at, yeah. at the home studio. You know, okay, well, this one works, this one doesn't. Yeah, you know, your third, your fifth, whatever the case may be, and you can tell how they sound and hear how they sound before you actually. I mean, it's nice to hear it live, but it's nice to also hear it played back to you, so you can tell if it's really what yeah. you want. You know, can record it and, and hear it back before you actually think it's okay yeah. yeah and there was a lot of stuff that we did you know there was parts where you know um part of part of what i had to do too i guess was you know just kind of keep track of everything i think it came down to me and ron uh de Silvestre from the studio um <clears throat> that he it was the two of us that really only knew all the parts that were out there because there were so many parts coming in from different players and there might have been a percussive part that I added after I did the original drum tracks or something like that, that that all had to fit in there. So, you know, part of that was um, fell on my shoulders as well, just from a quality uh, control standpoint, just making sure that we didn't miss anything. And uh, Mark, you know, there were many times we asked Mark to sing parts. Um, well, sing this low part, sing the mid part, sing the high part, sing the ultra high part. We don't know which part we're going to use ultimately, but we need all that stuff right now so we can, you know, and yeah. we would do a lot of that kind of stuff as well. So, and that, and that's bringing me to the point where I know again, the project's called AD Twenty Twenty. It's going to be coming out shortly. I will definitely advise people on an upcoming podcast when it does because Todd and I keep in contact a great bit. Uh, we're going to head into break, and before I go into break, anybody who is experiencing uh problems uh depression uh again it, reach out don't be afraid when you don't reach out that's when the issue is when you when you know you can reach out to anybody we will direct you wherever you need to go contact me at triumphentertainment.com all one word triumphentertainment.com and we'll help you get the help you need and if you want to hear anything for any upcoming episodes contact me there and uh, drop me a line to let me know how you appreciate the show. And again, I want to give a shout out to Kelly uh, from State College area who listens all the time. And she leaves her free feedback. So, Kelly, this one episode was dedicated to you and the people in State College. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back. My name is Chuck. Again, I'm with Triumph Entertainment. And welcome to the Roundtable Live and Local. I have two special guests with me this afternoon that we're going to talk about uh, what it's like to actually record and get an idea 
in a pandemic to actually start an album because that would be the last thing on my mind is another project where now I don't know where or if I'll ever get out and play it. What do you think? Yeah, no, that was definitely a challenge. Um, so, you know, kind of how this all came a hold and, and, and developed and uh, came to fruition was, um, you know, like I said, Mark and I, I talked about doing an album um, on and off. I mean, we were actually, Mark and I actually went to Colorado the previous year, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah we went out the previous year. We had, um, we, we wanted to catch Kiss on their farewell tour. So we had tickets to go see Kiss and we hung out uh, with some people out back there. It was a great time. And we started talking about, okay, if, we're, if we have the option to do an album, how are we going to do this? And And I remember the conversation being, well, I'm not a record producer. I can play drums and I can probably help write some stuff and I have ideas and I have opinions, but we're going to do this. Like we need a producer. And and I remember telling Mark, you know, talking that, that day, I said, you know, I said, I know some people, I could maybe make some calls. I said, but if I'm going to be involved, I said, I think like I want to be involved with somebody who can help us produce it. And, um, Last spring, as the pandemic was starting, I had talked to, you know, always kept in contact with friends and, and things like that. And um, Dan Reed and I had a, a few different conversations um, about a, a film project that um, he is working on that should be out in the next couple of months as well. And um, he sent me the script for that film and uh, asked if I wanted to be involved in it. And um, I talked about, I said, well, I don't know anything about movies. I said, but I do invest in things from time to time. And we'd be glad to, to invest a little bit in this film. But, um, I also had it while I had his ear. I also asked him, I said, Dan, I said, you know, we're, we're all home and we all have time. I said, would you be interested in recording an album with us and helping us write some songs and, and things along those lines? And, um, he said, yes. And, and so one thing led to another, but um, yeah, it's it's you know, and, and that's part of where all this came came into being uh, was from those initial conversations. Also, I think part of it too, you know, in my my head was that wow, there's a lot of people that I know that I consider friends um, that aren't working. A lot of musicians were home, a lot of touring guys, different things like that. And I said, and I thought about it. I said, well, you know, this is a little piece, but you know, we can start to maybe help these guys that are at home that aren't working generate a little bit of income. And, and so it was just the right, you know, it was the right time for this to take place. Um, also a lot of thought went into, you know, what's going to be behind the songs. And we wanted to write songs that were one uplifting, positive messaging. Um, and I think, you know, we, we carry through on that with all the songs that are going to be on the album. Um, times I think we've, poke fun at ourselves uh we poke fun at technology we poke fun at a lot of different things so and mark uh, being uh the singer and creating words on a blank page again and other people's inputs it's important to feel the song before you can actually build out what you need and how how it feels to you so the creative aspect of that part how was that for you um, it, was, it was interesting. Um, again, you know, just looking at what's going on in the world today or at the time. OK, uh, 2020, we're looking at that. 
seeing all the negativity coming at us, uh, all the uh, questions, the uncertainty. Um, it's like, what can we do to change this? Uh, or what can we, what, what, you know, what's happening here? I mean, none of us were really sure what was going on. And um, and I thought, and just the things that come to mind are, are messages. What message do I have to put out there? You know, what message is there to put out there right now? Can we bring words of encouragement? Can we bring hope to, you know, a world under a pandemic? And I thought, well, here's our opportunity to just try, you know, so we're going to try. We're going to do the best we can. We'll come up, we're going to create words, and I'm going to send them to the professionals that know how the industry works, you know, see what they think about it, and we're going to get feedback. You know, they're going to like it or they're not. Actually, some of it they liked, some of it they didn't. Um, we're able to fine tune it and uh, and make it work. Um, you know, Dan's an incredible songwriter, so you know his input was, you know, extremely valuable to me. Um, uh, you know, he challenged me. He threw, threw me a, a, you know, something a computer. You know, he said, write a song about a hard drive. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do with this. You know, and, and try to put a positive spin on this thing. You know, and uh, and, and it was interesting. So, so the, the lyrics evolved. I mean, they they it took a little time to create them and to uh, come up with things. I mean, Todd's pretty creative as well. I mean, he came up with some pretty great, great stuff on, on some of the music as well. I was going to say the emotion behind yeah. some of the stuff, because let's face it, the, as the songs are being written, you're still living everyday life mm. in, in, a, in a, a possibility that you're not going to be able to leave your house for the next six months. Yeah. yeah. So the emotion that you're living, the actual lyrics to some of these songs um, that you guys are writing, um, again, several different versions of the song, several different ways you're singing the song. It all goes into the melting pot and the creativity behind it all is basically, um, like Todd said, uh, several different versions of several different songs. We're hoping to get the right one. Let me, let me listen to it Yeah, and, and go that route. Uh, the Perfect. final, pro the final project that you had turned out, um, how did that feel when completion of that was like, yeah, this is it. I don't think we could do any more to it. Um, it, it was pretty exciting to find the uh, to find the uh, the end point. Um, definitely. I mean, it's it's a uh, you know during 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 the process. I mean, there there was a lot of things going on out there. You know, I mean, I was I was in a pretty rough state myself. I mean, I, I was experiencing some personal things that that had occurred in my life that. Uh, it made it complicated. This was uplifting for me because it gave me something to, to look forward to. Um, I, I won't get into detail, but it's very complicated to deal with these things. And, and this part of life, everybody deals with these things. But uh, I thought, well, here's an opportunity to work with some really great people. We can create something fantastic to leave behind or to leave for the world. That's all I want to do in this music business. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And and it's great to finally see it happen, see it complete, and be able to look back on it and say, wow, this happened, you know, this this music happened, this is something that's there, it's there to live for. And that's what Todd and I talked about in the beginning. We're like, what can we do to create, and we're playing covers and cover bands, you know, night after night after night, uh, over and over again, the greatest songs ever written, but they're not ours. They're, they're, they were created by somebody else. Let's add to that. Let's create and add to that catalog. Yeah, that's that was the key. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I had touched on before we went to break was and during break was the time it took you guys to do this. This is not where you said, OK, 
we're going to do it tonight and by tomorrow <laughs> or the next month it's it's done yeah i'm a pretty good project manager and you know i'm a, I'm a pretty good pro you know i'm patting myself on the back in that i am a pretty good project manager however i am learning the music business okay and so my biggest thing that i've been telling everybody is wow i don't know what i don't know yeah and that, that's the biggest thing here so um you know i can build anything i can get a business up and running i can do things and i'm used to you know i create a task list it, it happens so initially in my mind i'm thinking eh, we're gonna be able to do this in about three months we'll have this done and um there was a lot of conversations i had probably i think four and a half hours of zoom and telephone conversations with ron bumblefoot before he committed to the project and way tucked away in the back of my memory was him telling me somewhere and i disregarded it probably because there was just so much going on was that everything takes longer so here we are we're closing in on almost a year from the time that we started this we're about the nine month mark and you know i just had a conversation with him a few weeks ago and he's like take your uh time frame and multiply it by three and he's pretty pretty much right on so um you know that's been the that was the uh the challenge but you know i'm learning a lot um I, you know this is my first foray into doing an album at this level um but we're excited you know i was gonna say any regrets no regrets no regrets actually yeah that's the title of one of the the tracks on the album um <laughs> it is um we have a we have a, we have a ballad and you know what i think is cool too is you know i'm a big i'm a big fan of marks i really am and um so you know it's I'm kind a of a fan of his business so so the thing the thing about it is um you know i've always been a big fan of marks and and uh, you know me personally that i go to get involved in a project or whatever it is it could be you know music it could be business whatever um i want to get something out of it you know even if i learn even losing money I learned something. I learned not to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that, or whatever it is. So yeah, now there's no regrets here, um, but I, I love watching. You know, Dan really challenged Mark with a lot of different things, and Mark's singing different on this album than he's probably sang anywhere it's, else. It's not metal. It's no. Not. Oh no. And and what it's I good. said was always, uh, you know, is is Mark's range is one of those ones where I don't care how loud the music is. You can still leave the concert and go. I had a pleasant experience. Yeah. Because Mark's not going to blow your ears off. Yeah. But I also realized that Mark sings to the song. He doesn't oversing the song. Yeah. And he lets the band take um, almost a bow for themselves while he's still singing because he realizes without them he would not be there. Correct. Yes. And uh, one of the things that I enjoy about both of you gentlemen is the fact that. You both are in the business aspect of things, not just in music. But Todd, what business do you have? Well, I own an IT company. I mean, I've been involved in technology for about 30 years. Thanks for putting everybody to sleep. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, all the computer games sit out. They only know Atari and Xbox One. Sorry for your loss right there. I mean, but, uh, you had them hooked at, a, at, at music. But no, I mean, you know, and. I've dabbled in different things over the years too. And then some of it's been successful. Some of it hasn't been, um, you know, obviously I've been involved in music as well. I, I played my first gig that I got a paycheck when I was 15 years old. And, uh, 
you know, it's all I ever wanted to do. It's always been a big part of my life. I took years off, you know, raise a family, that sort of thing. And uh, it's really when I reconnected, when I when I connected with Mark, that I really started uh, moving um, the, the music side of things a little bit more. And um, Chuck, you and I worked together at the infamous uh, nightclub in New Holland. Yes. Which, if I say it, I'm going to probably need more therapy, but. You know, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about it. We'll get to that in a second. Now, Mark, what do you do? What do you do for? Well, uh, you know, I, I mean, again, I, I love music. I, I I do work a full time job in the transportation industry, um, and uh, I've been doing that for a long time since '88. So, uh, uh, you know, working with the uh, you know P and D drivers and that sort of thing, uh, truck driving, freight. Uh, now, you both are married. I'm not a driver. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm taken. Yeah, are you Mark's well, taken. I, I, yeah. I met both your wives. <laughs> I don't know who puts up with who more, but I, I definitely met both your wives. So mm. on that end of the things, before we get to uh, yours and my story, Todd, uh, yeah. uh, family life, how important do you collaborate your music life with your your personal life? Because let's face it, gentlemen, I'm still single, and it takes a toll on a relationship yeah. when you're in the music business because um, music is the mistress of our life. And if I had to be with anybody, it would be music. Mm -hmm. um, Todd, I know your wife personally. Uh, her and I talk about you behind your back. And um, she's a, she's an amazing, amazing woman. So you got lucky. I did. You got I lucky, did. tough. But uh, the fact that she is such an amazing woman, she also supports you in everything you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been blessed. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, as far as this album project, I mean, yeah, family and friends. I mean, I, oh, they put up with me. I played them <laughs> every, every mix. You know, here's, uh, you know, No Regrets version one. Here's No Regrets version two on Wednesday, you know, and then we get three different mixes that week. And they're like, so she buys new cotton balls every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, no, but everybody, you know, family family has been uh, super supportive of everything which is really cool um we did a we did a demo listening party in the pandemic and it was kind of like you know the idea behind it was everybody does a record release party obviously we'll, we'll get to that at some point um we were mid midstream with things and again i'm thinking three months we're going to get this done you know it's going to be a done deal we'll you know and um we decided to do a um uh, demo listening party just to kind of give people a chance to contribute to the album a little fundraiser that we did um because it's a lot of money we put a lot of money into to doing this um all the way around so we did a little fundraiser at my place and um played the songs for everyone and it was just great to to watch everybody um listen to, to the songs give us feedback on it but yeah we've had really good um really good feedback on on everything so far we're we're being um, keeping everything under wraps. We have released Undivided, um, which we did uh, just uh, January, I guess. It was the first week of January that came out. And uh, really... Where can you find that? Yeah, Undivided. Um, you can find that. Uh, there's a link on our website, um, 802020music.com. Um, it's also on YouTube. Um, and right now, we're I think we're up to over 20 thousand uh, views on youtube so it's doing pretty well and it is the song undivided yeah undivided by ad 2020 uh so we've we always you know, snuck some things out there um we 
are looking, talking to a couple of different record labels right now. We'll see where that all ends up. Um, record labels today are a little different than they were years ago in, in terms of um, the support that they give to artists. And uh, you know, so we're just watching and, and, and uh, letting all that play out. But um, we hope, you know, like I said, to have uh, the ends coming, the ends in sight now. We should be able to get this thing released, you know, this year yet. And Mark, you, your your wife also comes comes out and supports you. I've seen her at, actually the last time I seen her, I had the pleasure to see her at my birthday bash last year. Um, wonderful woman, very supportive. Um, matter of fact, um, I've never seen a woman smile as big as Todd's wife smiles when when you're singing because that table was full of friends and family that night. And it was almost like, yeah, that's my man up there singing. <laughs> and, and, and that's got to be a thrill for you. Uh, I'm humble. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm humble over that. But I mean, I, I love it when my wife does check into what, what, what's going on there. I mean, there's it's hard to balance time. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've, my wife is wonderful. She, she's very supportive. Yes. And, uh, you know, she's I know she knows music also. And she will tell me if it's good or bad. I mean, she, she does not lie. That's important. It's important. It's important to be in a relationship where not only do you get the support, but they also are into the same thing as you are. It's kind of like a video gamer having a girlfriend that likes to play video games or, or a person who loves to cook also loves to cook. If it doesn't go consistent, it's, it, it's just like sandpaper. It runs the wrong way. But with, with that being said, um, how Todd and I know each other, Mm -hmm. uh outside of this was um i had i had managed a band back uh 2012 i think it was kiss alive from nyc yeah and um todd said to me and this is how the first conversation went was i'd love to have your band come play in my club called the ritz now where was it actually located and you're doing this to me okay so we're gonna go down this path all right so so yeah so um yeah, Kiss Alive. We 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 worked with Kiss Alive a few times. Great guys. I remember actually sound checking with those guys one time. Their drummer didn't show up for sound check. I knew all the Kiss tunes, and I remember sitting in with those guys uh, sound checking. Um, but there was a there was a yeah at the Village in uh, oh, Lancaster. Oh, yeah. Lancaster. Yeah, in Lancaster. But um, no, there was a there was a nightclub that was in our local scene and, and uh, called the Ritz, and it was based in New Holland. And um, it had gone through a couple different owners. And um, at one point in time, it was what I would consider an A club in the area. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic place. It was modern. They renovated it. It had an amazing sound system in it. Uh, they got great bands in it. The pay, the place was packed. Um, it had gone through some rough times and had gone through a couple different owners and different things. And um, somebody put me in touch with the guy that owned it at that point in time. And I said, well, look, you know, it's a great establishment. Why aren't you doing better business-wise? Why aren't, you know? And uh, through that conversation, I intimately got involved with the nightclub, um, started to reach out to some of the entertainment in the area, bringing them in. And that sort of thing. Um, it's hard to shake a it's hard to shake a bad reputation, and you know, unfortunately, it was one of those things. I was uh, the third person involved with it, and previous reputations were were carried uh, forth. Uh, but Chuck, you know, again, I've said it many times. You know, anytime I needed something, I called Chuck, and uh, always delivered. Um, Kiss Alive. We did a lot of tributes. We did a lot of tribute bands there at that that facility. 
uh, while we had it. Uh, we did a lot of great shows. I packed that place. Uh, I set records in attendance there, um, you know, and uh, but we always had a good time with Kiss Alive. You know, those guys were always, uh, you know, I always had a, a soft spot in my heart for those guys. Luke Love loved you to death. And one of the things about that place for people who didn't have the pleasure of being there, it was an old like theater you had balcony seatings you had the deep floors you had a wooden dance floor um some of the best staff uh you could ever ask for uh that still today are friends of mine even though they're not in contact with me but uh introducing new things like food and um battle of the bands i remember nobody about, did, nobody did battle of the bands the way we did. Uh, i mean it was just it was incredible yeah we did thing three shows. i think thing three came in what third place or second I think place so. yeah yeah uh and i i worked with those guys a lot and 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 uh the thing about your place was immediately uh you were involved with everything you were hands-on about the yeah, food oh, yeah. the sound yeah uh the way the bands did what they did and the fact that you catered to the fact that they had a place to set up and dressing room and 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 tear down the one <laughs> the one show and i probably shouldn't have it in my memory banks but i do was the night that it was tom you myself and luke love standing uh -huh. at the bar drinking a bottle of patron absolutely we drank some patron at that place too <laughs> and all i remember was from that point on was you guys were more than halfway through the bottle and i knew i was extremely tired and i said i have to go but i'll hear it from you guys in the morning i don't know what happened to luke did luke actually sleep up in the loft good question yeah so <laughs> so the so the night started with this kiss alive finished their set and they came down and were talking to me and tom looked at me and he said hey todd what do you think of that flame that i blew because he blew the flame that night and they didn't tell me they were going to do that he blew you know, the Gene Simmons yeah. flame, he did that on that stage. And I didn't know he was going to do that. So Surprise. Yeah. So he, you know, it was one of those things he said, you know, and it's, it is Gene Simmons' voice. Hey, Todd, what do you think? You know, did I do that? You know, how was that flame? And I said, I'm not upset about the flame. I'm upset the fact that you're sitting there drinking my tequila and you didn't even invite me. So we started drinking we started drinking shots that that night and you know friendship formed i became really good friends with luke but the story where you're talking about was luke had left and um you know we were and luke by the way is paul stanley in the in the kiss tribute band and a uh, great guy um and uh luke and i you know we were we were playing the jukebox and all this stuff and just having this after party and everything well he left and we were pretty much done so it was like 5 a.m and I heard this little rat-a-tat-tat at the door. It was a metal door at the, the club. And I heard this little rat-a-tat-tat. I'm like, what is that? Because it's like never happened before, you know. And we went out there, and um, Luke was locked out of his hotel room. That's not quite the actual truth. I'll tell you what happened All right, to guys, that I don't part. know. I don't know the inside. I don't know the I inside. always got these guys top-notch hotel rooms. Yeah. But he kind of did get locked out. Okay. So I'm leaving. I left early because... It's again four o'clock in the morning, and I'm driving past the hotel room. Seven times I drove past the hotel room. I finally pull in the sheets and say to the guy, "Listen, I'm looking for this hotel." He's like, "It's right next door." <laughs> Not to mention the fact that you should never drink and drive. But I was that close to the hotel room from the club that it didn't really matter to me or didn't think about it. But again, Patron was involved, so I get to the hotel room. 
I have my own hotel room. I get in no problem. Uh, hence like other problems I've ever had trying to get in a hotel room with my Mac heart. But that's another story. I get there the next morning I come out, everybody's standing in the lobby. And I said to Tom, where's Luke? And he said, can't be on time. You can't get in on time. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up, the, the second part of the story was he came back in the Ritz and we were like, okay, so I said, come to my house. All right. I told Luke, I said, come to my house, man. We'll just move everything there. Well, my supportive wife was not going to have any part of that. I would have brought them all back. We would have had to, we would have continued the after party at the house, you know, you know, but, um, so anyway, it was, it was getting to be that time of the morning and it's time for time for us to find a place for Luke. So we drove him to another motel and, uh, Dan, who was our, uh, doorman at the time, big guy, six, four, probably. Um, uh, I remember him taking Luke walking into the hotel, uh, lobby and, and getting the room and, um, Dan explained, well, it's not me and Luke. We're not checking in together. My wife's out in the car. I just need a room for him for the night. And that was kind of how, how that night ended. But Well, I can also see uh, Luke uh, saying, no, it's for us, and trying to kiss him on the mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that was Luke. Luke was, a, Luke was the kind of guy when we did a breast cancer awareness show that he thought it was a great idea that he put lipstick on Chuck's mouth. <laughs> and Chuck would make sure that it went around. And kissed everybody else's breast that night. So I started with, this is not going to happen to him holding my head and putting the lipstick on my head in the basement of a VFW. <laughs> and uh, they were very special guys, very special characters. And each one of them had unique uh, stuff about him. Uh, Luke was always a lead singer. He, he worked in his father's uh, furniture store, mm -hmm. and he might still do that. But Tom was... Um, an English teacher. Yeah. And none of his students knew what he did on the side. So when Facebook became big and they found him, they were shocked. Um, but again, a great bunch of guys, Dan, who's from Ohio that we used to play with Mr. Speed, really nice guy. Um, Michael, God rest his soul. He was, he was a great, he was a great drummer, uh, passed away a couple years ago. Uh, still to this day, um, Pat, uh, mm -hmm plays in another Kiss tribute band, but it plays guitar also with Tom in another band with Dan as a drummer and uh, really good guys, really good guys still keep in contact with all the, all this time. But uh, it has been years since we've gotten together. I said to myself, I would never manage a tribute band until I met those guys. And since they've been going out of my life for the last three years, four years, I still have never managed a, a tribute band tells you how special it was. And it will never be the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like you guys. You guys are special in my heart as my friends. And I love you both. You. And I'm glad you uh, took the time today no, absolutely. Yeah, to we, be a part of I was, this. I was so excited to, you know, to see, you, see you launch this. And we're behind you. Anything we can do, you know. Help, we we help need to keep music alive. Live and yeah. local. Uh, yeah. It's not necessarily music. But if you got anything else going on, if you're a local business owner and you're struggling, come talk to me. I'll put you in as advertisement. Uh, it no cost to you. We need to stick together. This thing's not going away. Shots in arms are one thing, but this is not going away for a while. And as long as we support each other and continue to support uh, music community, we have each other's backs and we will always have each other. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. My name is Chuck with Triumph Entertainment. Thank you for turning into the round table live and local. God bless. Have a great day. Bye-bye.